Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And with me today is Dr. John Mills, the Co-Director of the Neuroimmunology Laboratory here at Mayo Clinic, and the scientist who oversaw the development and the validation of the new neutralizing antibody test for clinical use here at Mayo Clinic. Thank you for being here with us this week, Dr. Mills. Thank you, Dr. Pritt, for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is a really interesting and hot topic these days. Now, we've previously met with Dr. Thiel to talk about antibody testing for COVID-19 in general, but um, this is a different type of antibody test. Perhaps you could start off by just telling us, how is this test different than the other antibody tests? and What is a neutralizing antibody to begin with? So a lot of the antibody tests that people have heard about at this point really have focused on detecting antibodies that can bind the SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, with the main, the main intention of documenting um, exposure in a patient. Um, the, the, one of the limitations with these assays is they don't actually directly uh, demonstrate whether those antibodies that are binding, whether they functionally provide any protective role against the virus. Um, so typically, patients that are exposed to the virus will have an immune response. They'll develop a, a, broad, a broad number of antibodies that are directed, that their body directs against the virus to help fight it off. But not all of those antibodies are successful in their ability to actually block uh, the virus. So a neutralizing antibody test, what it's actually using is an actual live virus that's used to infect cells. And what the assay is, is, is trying to demonstrate is whether or not those antibodies that are circulating in a patient, whether those antibodies are successful at binding and actually blocking the virus and preventing it from infecting cells. So our, our standard serological tests, they just say uh, that there are antibodies, but they don't tell us how good those antibodies are at, at stopping the virus or, or protecting an individual from, from infection. Well, fascinating. So this is really taking antibody testing to a whole new level. Can you tell us about the new neutralizing antibody test then and how it came about? So we've collaborated early on with a company called Viriad, uh, founded by two, two Mayo uh, doctors and researchers, Dr. Stephen Russell and Dr. Kai Wei Peng who early on in the pandemic identified that a, having a, a, large, uh, a large scalable um, neutralizing antibody test would be something that would be very helpful for both the research and clinical community. Um, so in March, um, through, through connections driven by Dr. Bill Maurice and Dr. Mohamed Salama um, at Mayo Clinic Laboratories, um, we were put in touch with Viriad with the, with the hope of taking some of the technology that they had developed and translating that into a clinical test that could be performed at Mayo Clinic. So what did you do specifically to make it a clinical test? So one of the, one of the important questions for a clinical assay, which really defines a clinical lab versus a research lab, is, is incorporating a robust uh, quality control system as well as developing and optimizing the assay to be scaled up. Um, 
often neutralizing antibody tests are performed in the in the research environment. Um, and really, the the big challenge with with these assays is is uh, developing them and optimizing them where they can be put into a clinical laboratory and you can test a large volume of samples and at the same time ensure the the quality the quality of the assay is maintained um, so a lot of the initial work was looking at uh, analytical performance of the assay making some modifications in terms of how how long different incubation steps occurred cell plating numbers um, and, and scaling, scaling the assay up where it could be utilized on automated liquid handlers, which has a, a dramatic uh, effect on our, the scalability of the assay. Sure, so how many tests then can be completed each day? So currently we're operating in the neuroimmunology laboratory at a capacity of about a thousand samples per day. Okay, so pretty high volume, maybe not the 10,000 a day that Dr. Thiel's lab is doing for general antibody testing. Um, so how would you incorporate this test into the clinical workflow then? Would there first be a screen to make sure the patient has antibodies to begin with? Yeah, so because this, this is a very complex assay, we're using live virus and, and cells that are maintained in culture, we really, we really want to reserve this testing capacity for situations where it, it's, it's most needed. Um, so one of the ways to do that is to ensure that the samples that we are testing are those from patients that have been exposed by the virus. So the, the ideal way of doing that is to first perform a, a frontline serological test to first document that, yes, the patient indeed has a mounted immune response. They have created antibodies. And then we ask the question at that point, do those antibodies provide a neutralization? Do they protect against the virus? Great, so I think a lot of people are probably thinking, wow, okay, so this is a test that uses live virus. Can you tell us a little bit about the science about how that works and you know how this live virus comes into play? Yeah, so it, typically neutralizing antibody assays uh, are often used with the actual SARS-CoV-2 virus, hmm. which carries a lot of safety concerns, particularly if you're going to use it in a, in a clinical laboratory. So one of the ways that we can circumvent some of those safety challenges by working with the live SARS-CoV-2 virus is to use something called a pseudovirus. A pseudovirus is where you take a, a less dangerous virus um, that is considered low risk and you modify it to express um, part of the, 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 the important part of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. In this case, what we're doing is we're taking VSV, uh, vesicular stomatitis virus, which is not, doesn't carry the same safety concerns as SARS-CoV-2, and we're expressing on that virus the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. The spike protein is one of the critical components of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that enables the virus to infect cells. So in a sense, we're recreating a less dangerous virus that can be manipulated in a standard clinical laboratory, but still demonstrate that a patient's antibodies can block, block the virus. 
Yeah, you know, I have to say this is really cool technology. As a clinical microbiologist myself, I think of doing these types of studies and thinking of doing anything with the SARS-CoV-2 virus would make me very nervous because that has to be done in a biosafety level three, which is a more challenging environment to work in. So it's fascinating that you've been able to get the SARS-CoV-2 proteins on this other virus that um, is less dangerous to humans. So. How will this assay be used now that we have this? Uh, should everyone be tested with this? So at this point, the, the, the clinical value of a neutralizing antibody test is really limited to a few specific situations. One of those is in convalescent plasma donation. So that is where an individual was exposed to SARS-CoV-2, they recovered, they amount immune response, and they're interested in donating their plasma uh, to potentially be used as a therapeutic to help treat people uh, with moderate to severe uh, COVID-19. So one of the challenges for identifying those patients and, and using that convalescent plasma that they donate is whether or not that plasma contains antibodies that would actually be able to, to block and protect against the virus. So one of the key roles of a neutralizing antibody assay is it allows us to say that uh, for a given patient that their plasma contains these critical antibodies that can help fight off the infection and then that plasma potentially be used to help treat a patient. Uh, up until this point, we haven't been able to do that type of testing um, in, in support of convalescent plasma donations. Well, that seems like a really important use then. Um given that I guess not everyone that has antibodies necessarily has neutralizing antibodies. And of course, if you're gonna use this to get plasma from infected individuals uh, after they've recovered and give it to other people, you wanna make sure those antibodies are actually gonna neutralize the antibody. Um, do you have any idea of how many people that have antibodies actually have neutralizing antibodies specifically? So there's been a number of, of uh, research articles at this point that have looked at this question as well as our own internal studies. And they all indicate that approximately five to 10% of individuals that were hospitalized and actually recovered from COVID-19 don't actually develop neutralizing antibodies. Why that is and how they were still able to fight off the infection is obviously a very important question to answer and one that many groups are looking into. Um, we're not really sure how those individuals fought off the infection if they're not able to make neutralizing antibodies. One of the thoughts, of course, is, is cellular immunity and T cell dependent responses and whether or not those individuals um, still are able to fight off the infection because of those aspects of their immune systems or if there's some limitation to neutralizing antibody tests. Hmm. Well, that's fascinating. So really having a neutralizing antibody test can be quite important because of this five to 10% that aren't forming these neutralizing antibodies. If you're going to get antibodies from someone, a donor to give to someone else, you'd wanna make sure they're of that neutralizing variety. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So are there other laboratories that can offer this type of testing? I know we are now offering it to our own uh, Mayo Clinic patients and also to patients through Mayo Clinic Laboratories, our reference lab practice. 
So in a clinical commercial environment, at this point, I'm not aware of other uh, reference laboratories that are currently offering this type of testing. Um, it is relatively complicated for clinical laboratories to, to implement because you're dealing with live virus uh, cell culture. So it is a very complex assay. Um, I know there are, there are other assays being developed by commercial entities that are, are what you would consider a surrogate neutralizing antibody test where they're not directly measuring um, the ability of, of, of antibodies to block actual virus but they're trying to recapitulate that viral cellular interaction and demonstrate that in those assays that um, the results that demonstrate you may be able to disrupt that interaction in vitro, that it may, it may serve as a surrogate for an actual um, uh, viral-based neutralizing antibody test. But um, there hasn't been a lot of studies in the literature and there's still a lot of unknowns about those surrogate type tests. So from, from our opinion at this point, the gold standard uh, remains to be actual pseudovirus-based neutralizing antibody tests. Well, that's excellent. Um, thank you again for your work on doing this because clearly this is going to be helpful for uh, a, portion, a population of our patients, specifically the ones that are gonna be donating plasma to after they've recovered from COVID-19 to possibly donate to other people who really need those antibodies. Are there any other ways that this test could be used at this time? So in addition to helping identify convalescent plasma donors, one of the other big roles that neutralizing antibody assays have, have played in the past and, and certainly will play an important role for, for SARS-CoV-2 is in vaccine research and ongoing clinical trials. Uh, one of the gold standards for any vaccine or antibody-based therapy is demonstrating that those vaccines elicit an immune response that ultimately leads to the production of neutralizing antibodies. Um, so to really understand the efficacy of a vaccine, it's really important to have, to have neutralizing antibody assays commercially available um, and at scale where a large number of samples that are need to be tested as part of these clinical trials can be tested in a clinical environment where you have very good quality control and standardization of the assays over time. So it's really important to support ongoing vaccine trials and, and other clinical trials uh, to, to help treat uh, COVID-19. Well, great. Thanks, Dr. Mills. Uh, this is a very interesting topic and uh, a really exciting new test that we're able to offer for patient care. Uh, thanks again for your time and for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.